Welcome to the Victorious Souls Podcast with self-love coach, Danielle Burnock. Things happen in our lives that make us feel powerless. But Danielle believes that anyone can become a victorious soul by reclaiming what belongs to them, their value, their belovedness, and their God-given superpower. The Victorious Souls Podcast is dedicated to empowering you to rise up, reclaim, and embrace the change from survive to thrive as a victorious soul through the power of love. And now, here's that lady on the internet who loves you, Danielle. Hello and welcome to my interview today. I'm excited to share with you a gentleman named Stephen Neff. He is a doctor from New Zealand and also an author and a speaker and a recovering alcoholic on a mission that he is going to be sharing with you today. I'm very excited for you to meet him and bring him in from New Zealand. So with no further ado, here is Dr. Stephen Neff. Hello, Stephen. There we go. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Danielle. Oh, thank yeah, you so yeah, much absolutely. for joining me today. I'm very excited to share you with my audience, a doctor from New Zealand. Very exciting. It's Tuesday where you're at, and it's Monday where I'm at. That's just really kind Indeed. of a very do, do, cool do, do, thing. Do, 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 do. That's right. <laughs> I come from the future. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, my... My nephew is in the Antarctic right now, and it's also oh. Tuesday by him. Well, very much so. Very much so. Goodness gracious. Um, yes. This love affair with the penguins. We need to talk about that. And I, I, <laughs> come on. Come on. It's a no, bit cold there. <laughs> it's not really about that. He is a weatherman, and he's there on a show. Oh, I see. So. I see. Okay. He has got an excuse. Fair call. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, you are a doctor, and you live in New Zealand, so... Give us a little bit of history. Were you born and raised in New Zealand? And why oh, did you pick the kind of a doctor that you are? Yeah. As I told you earlier, I have a difficult time pronouncing the kind of doctor <laughs> you are. I'm going to tell on myself right here because that's why I do this live. This is authentic. This is me. And hopefully my voice doesn't sound funny because I'm going to confess that to everyone here. I got Invisaligns recently. And so I just changed them today to new ones. So if I sound a little funny, please Forgive me. By tomorrow, I'll probably be sounding fine again. <laughs> but but it, I, I love it, Danielle. I love it, Danielle, that you're coming out with that and that you're saying, yes, come on. It is, I'm working on myself, literally. Yes. Yeah, the renovations are happening. <laughs> and that's exactly. brilliant. That's what we do today, you know. Yes. And, and that, that ties in nicely in a moment. So I come back to your teeth there because they play a big role in my youth as well. So going back, who am I? I'm Stefan, Stefan Neff. I'm a consultant anesthetist. Um, in, in America, you would call it anesthesiologist. Um, no, <laughs> no, we call it. I can say that one, anesthesiologist. The other no, one no, I no, couldn't no. say. I, no, no. I tried. No, no, I'm like, he's no, no, a doctor. <laughs> that's right. No, anesthetist. Uh, we are anesthetists. Uh, anesthetists, I, I would say we've got a bit longer education compared with an anesthesiologist. But ultimately, we are much of a muchness. Um, so I actually was raised in Germany and wow. <laughs> that is of relevance because Germany is a gorgeous place, gorgeous with 
you've got lovely bread and lovely meat products and there's so many lovely things chocolate you name it but there's also alcohol we are very good in our wines our champagnes or champagne like uh things um we are our beers are world famous um schnapps oh god we'll live on that so and therefore uh, being being born in 1966 i was a young man in the 80s well everyone was drinking my heroes were drinking um i didn't have a great childhood uh there were certainly not no male role models there so yeah. i looked around to find some and there was mel gibson in lethal weapon there was bruce willis in die hard okay oh, wow all the the, the anti-heroes okay so yeah. you know you wake up in the morning cough your lungs out have a cigarette stand naked there and have a piss whilst you're swigging down a beer Okay, I can do that. I can oh do that. Goodness. Yep, that sounds like a good moral model. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that that was me. I give it. A, I give. I tell you, um, and it is uh, maybe. Yeah, it is. Germany can be quite restrictive and have a lot of norms, and so maybe to have this freedom uh, in your mind at least to be this <laughs> rebel. I mean, that's what every every teenager wants. He wants to rebel against the, the generation before him, uh, and that is normal. That went back three thousand years. That was mm. that will be a curse that will be there forever for every next generation. So well, I was it's just they different. have to find themselves. We have to find ourselves. It's, we're raised with our parents, and they get they teach <laughs> us things, and then we have to deconstruct our childhood in some form to mm. own what we want to be mm -hmm. now that is a beautiful way how to put it of course no teenager actually does that we we say oh that's all shit for you who are you what do you know well i was not different there so yeah anyhow i made up my own rules and well these rules were a bit tainted may i say um to start off with but also, when I was 13, I was uh, attacked, uh, wrong place, wrong time, a gang had a go at me, and uh, I ended up with basically no front teeth. Um, and that as a 13-year-old, as a uh, and in, in Germany, they don't do permanent kind of uh, stuff mm -hmm. until you're 18, because you're still growing, everything goes. Wow. So therefore, I had this kind of... of uh, the temporary kind of shit uh, in my mouth and needless to say there was not much smiling in my I was, I was running around like someone who has got no teeth in and keep the mouth together so that was that so that oh, that wow. a big a big there but also what I didn't know is I had a massive PTSD going and um, because I, I brought a ringleader behind bars, so and he swore a revenge after three oh, years wow. when he got out. So I had three years to get my shit together, and, and so I did. That's so I, oh, It was, it was, but at the same token, I was training four hours a day in martial arts with the police, and it was actually, uh, it was a very focused time. A very focused time, but on my body. So mm -hmm. I became this lean fighting machine, yet up there nothing happened. There was no mm -hmm. self-improvement that no one knew about that at that time. There was no system right. in place yeah. to help me. And so my mind went into that survival mode and it never got out. Mm -hmm. So I basically became the fighter, which made me very good because if you're hypervigilant, you're constantly aware of your surrounding, yeah. you, you're ready to go for anything at any time, right. which is really good when you're a doctor. 
you don't get caught out with anything, you know. It is, and that made me then later made me uh, made me a very good anesthetist because the anesthetists or anesthesiologists we are really sort of the, the special forces of of medicine. When the shit hits the fan, the anesthetist is getting called. Doesn't matter if this is a difficult birth, if this is a very sick child in emergency department, if this is a major trauma, if this is a mass incident, a major mm -hmm. shooting or something like that. Uh, COVID, intensive care, chronic pain, acute pain, you name it. We get called when other doctors don't know what to do. When they're at the end of their wisdom, we get brought in. And so oh, wow. that I liked that. I liked that aspect of my um, of my my job because mm -hmm. here I was the knight in charming armor, the the, yeah. uh, the special forces, yeah, and the cool guy right. uh, coming yeah. in. And I can see I became... that, especially out of after the trauma, you had to find your value because trauma rips our value away. And so you found your value then in being a doctor. Did I know that? No, no. that all happened on, <laughs> no, no. The, on such a deep level. It doesn't teach us, it affects us. <laughs> no, it was so deep. And this became one of my drivers. And that became to this, this kind of knight in shining armor, protecting the innocent and the victims um, is all quite pretty. But if that is all what you do, and if that is all what you focus on, this is the surefire way to get burned out. Wow. And that is what, unfortunately, what I experienced and later on in my life when I became uh, an anesthetist, but also specialized in, in chronic pain management. And I that was in various countries, but here in New Zealand, there is not much money around in the healthcare system and certainly to, to do all those things that could be done for someone who is suffering. Mm -hmm there was not the money. Uh, on the contrary, there was a movement to say, now let's get rid of these chronically ill people from our books, then matter where they go. Wow. Um, so there was that. And I, I became sort of the, 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 the fighter for my patients. Wow. But I was, I was, well, yeah, idiot, because ultimately um, it is this aeroplane scenario and the, that oxygen came down. I made sure the oxygen was on everyone else and I didn't ah. take it myself, okay? So I ended up uh, being nastily burned out and uh, relying on on alcohol. Alcohol was when I was young, didn't really play much of a role um, until I came to university, because mm -hmm. I was busy fighting in my mind. I was busy training, I was right, constantly right. out there. And then I changed towns, went to university, and suddenly there were two things. A, alcohol in abundance. Well, three things, actually. Alcohol in abundance. Freedom. My parents were no longer around. I was mm -hmm. on my own. And there were girls. And put that together. That had an interesting effect on me. So, But also, it is. it was the first time where I actually could relax. The alcohol allowed me to relax. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be the fighter anymore. I could just... Ah, uh, after a beer or two yeah, or five. Yeah, fighting's exhausting. <laughs> this constant hypervigilance. Ah, uh, and so it was. It was beautiful. So alcohol served me well um, at the time. Until I didn't. <laughs> Correct. Spot on. Uh, it was a really good friend. 
and it had a lot of benefits for me, I really must say. Um, I was intrinsically quite shy, and there I was this inhibited. I can't imagine you being shy. Oh, please. No please. way. You oh, shy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I no, no, I worked. even imagine that. <laughs> I, I worked on that, okay? For me, public speaking would have been, oh, God, no, because I had no value in myself. Mm -hmm. I was insecure. I was, oh, God, I was a, a wreck, an emotional wreck with no, no self-worth. I mean, I was, God, I was hard work. And I knew, I, somehow I knew that. And so I tried to make up for it in being the fighter, okay, but also being this big mouth, being this this kind of, oh, I must have been a real dick, okay, so as, as a young man, I must have been hard work, but somehow the girls liked it, so it was, it was just weird. When, when I look back, it's just such a mess, um, but that was then, and, you know, it is, I never learned to deal with negative emotions, and I think that was the key thing. I never right. learned about all those things that are important, creating an atmosphere where you grow resilient, uh, creating self-love, doing things that matter in your life. So therefore you can build up your self-esteem and your, 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 your picture of yourself as something positive, not yeah. as something. So you like buried your... yourself in the bottle then, right? No, I buried myself first at work and then in the bottle. So and then where does that just, lead you to? That that led you down a really dark path, didn't it? Well, burnout, burnout. And well, sooner or later, I must say, uh, life was not easy for me. A lot of shit happened in my life. There were that many traumas. Like <laughs> there were yeah. many traumas over the years. And yeah. because I had not learned to deal with that, uh, yeah. I relied more, more heavily on working far too much. And then when I could no longer distract myself with work, I then uh, went straight for the vodka and uh, and tried to get as numb as I can to finally be, allow myself to crash. And this kind of lack of ability to look after myself came really to a crushing end. Um, I mean, I was a high-functioning alcoholic. I was a, a man, I never fell foul of the police, I never had really anything like that happening, but at the same token, I Praise was that. <laughs> true. I was I was committing suicide in installments, um, basically in in over over the years, and that uh, and depression became stronger and stronger. I I didn't see any way out of this life. Um, there were many lies that my brain told me, uh, yeah. that depression told me. And I believed them, that there is no hope, that I'm worth nothing, that I would be better off not being here, my family would be better off, all this kind of rubbish. Yeah. And But when you're in the darkness, you feel that. You don't yeah. just know it, you feel it. So it's on oh, a, yeah. a very different level. And therefore, it is so strong. You believe that there is no help out there, so you don't even bother. And you're also ashamed. You're full of shame and guilt. So therefore, oh no, I, I'm a doctor. I can't, I can't possibly oh, admit to all that shit. So here you are. You're living the this kind of double on life. On top of yeah. that, on top of Absolutely. that, that pressure. Of, Absolutely. I can't admit that because I'm a doctor. What will they think of me? Because you're just crawling out from all that lack of self-worth, and then that just piles another layer of it on top of it. That's just exactly. old. I can just. I can feel the pain myself. Mm. I can feel it myself. Mm. So how did you come out of that? How did you finally get out of that horrendous mm. pressure and mm. pain and mm. hiding and 
all yeah. of that big mess. How did yeah. you how did you find your way out and how you're thriving now? You're doing amazing things now. <laughs> uh, the, simple. It I needed the help of a of a strong team, and that team was in fact two and a half hours away from me in Auckland in the form of a rehab hospital. Um, the Capri Hospital uh, is no longer there in this in in the in the gorgeous way that it was, but that was my rescue. My wife had admitted me behind my back and basically had called in one night when I was really down and out and crying, my, uh, sobbing in the garage, drunk like a skunk. Um, she had called my boss from work and he saw me in all my glory so to speak and oh. um yeah so he like was I, I feel that pain i like i uh, feel that pain uh, yeah. and it was brutal um and i've i can vaguely remember that uh that discussion that night next morning i woke up and i thought what the hell happened and the door opened and there was my wife and my two children came in lay down with me in bed and said, gave me a cuddle and said, hey, this Friday, this was a Wednesday morning by then, this Friday, you're going to go to the hospital. You will be admitted for four weeks. And it's all cleared with your work. Um, they know there is no trouble there. Um, my wife had cancelled all my private commitments, my private clinics, uh, my all my work that I had been doing around the country and said that's it wow and that so, is amazing how they delivered that information because love heals love. they came in oh yeah and cuddled oh, yeah. you oh, and yeah. made provision for you in your oh, yeah. work and surrounded you with love that you have this you need help but we love you and gonna love you through that wow i just want to pause and just yep, yep. savor that, that for a minute that, that love, was, love heals yeah. and that love mm -hmm. entered into yeah. your life and ushered mm -hmm. you out. That's just, <clears throat> that's part of why I met lady on the internet who loves you. Danielle Burnock.com. <laughs> love yourself from Survive to Thrive. That yeah. lady on the internet mm -hmm. who loves you because love is what carries us out. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they had come in in a different way. Mm -hmm. it, I would have automatically have, fought. It, I would have it, been a fighter. Yeah. It, Instead, it would have played out differently, but oh. In, they completely disarmed me, yes, absolutely yes. disarmed me with love. And yes. I think that is the key for anyone out there, for anyone who maybe lives with someone who is an alcoholic or an addict. Mm -hmm. What I recommend you to do is hate the addiction, hate the addiction, but love the addict. Yes. Because the person underneath there, there is so much in this person. If you can assist this person to ask the right questions and get the right help. Right. And you if if you see the transformation happening in front of you, it is the the most the most wow moment in your life. And that is happening to so many of us who finally allow ourselves to admit that we are powerless over alcohol, powerless over our drugs, powerless over our eating disorder or gambling addiction, uh, all, the, all the various addictions that are out there. The moment you actually um, you allow yourself to be to accept that you're powerless, that is yeah. where, this, where it all starts. Yeah, and I have to climb that over day, that shame because the, there's a lie of shame that needing help is shameful. Absolutely. And it's like, and no, it yeah. is not shameful to need help. It, it takes no. courage to mm. ask for help. And 
You're Absolutely. strong if you ask for it. I'm going to stop here. Who's listening? It takes courage to ask for help. You are strong. If you need help, you ask for help. It takes courage and we commend you. There is no shame in asking for help. Look at Dr. Stephen Neff here. And Dr. Stephen, you, you said, you say on your website and that, that you live the most beautiful life. Can you illustrate that for us in a way so we can imagine what you mean by that? The most beautiful life. I automatically have to smile. I know I you just lit it. up. You just lit up. You just lit up when I said that. I just saw well, the light coming from your face. Well, to start off with, there's no more hiding. There's no more hiding. I don't. I don't hide that I hung over. That I am hung over. I don't hide that I'm thinking of alcohol. I don't hide that I'm buying the alcohol. I don't hide that I'm drinking the alcohol. And I don't hide that I'm drunk. There's, I was busy. I was a full-time hider, you know? Yeah. So all that shit is gone out of my life. I can actually look into the mirror and say, wow, you achieved so much. I am actually nowadays proud of myself. Not proud of the achievement in my job. I was always proud of that. And mm -hmm. if people ask me, who are you? And I said, I'm an anesthetist and a pain physician. They said, no, 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 Stefan, you, I mean, you yourself. And I said, what do you mean? I've just told you I'm an anesthetist and a pain physician. I was, I what was, was the second thing you said, a pain physician, a pain ah. physician, uh, a chronic pain management. But I was, I could not define myself in any other way. I was an empty shell. And that was the, the, the big difference. So therefore now, nowadays, I am proud of who I am, not what letters I've got after my name. Yes. So my biggest achievements are ultimately that I have started the healing process by taking active steps, by listening to others. I surrounded myself with a power team where I was the dumbest person in the team. So I had mentors, I had psychologists, I had a psychiatrist, I had a nutritionist. And at various times over the last eight years, that team changed a little bit. Um, but ultimately, uh, I always was the dumbest person because I wanted to learn. I was finally ready to learn and and ready to learn about myself. Mm. And that was the, the, the cool thing. So by doing so, I peeled off the onion layer by layer and I found some rather stinky things under some of the layers, but I dealt with them. And therefore, I, with every healing, I felt the pain of the trauma. I felt the pain of the healing and that, but then I could wrap that up and put that baby to bed and then mm. I could peel the next layer. And yeah. then there we are again, but it yeah. was this, this journey of growth, uh, this journey of dealing <clears throat> with my past, dealing with issues of abandonment bullying, the the gang assaults, the, the PTSD. I only realized really that I had PTSD two, three years ago. So yeah. for all that time, there was a hidden driver of mm -hmm. my emotions, which then resulted in my reactions rather than right, actions. Right. So it was always in response to the outer world or to my core beliefs and emotions. It was always I was responding rather than what I do now. Act, uh, being proactive, being be, putting habits into place, daily habits that actually allow me to set a foundation upon which I can then, you know, do my day's work or 
do my growth or focus on my relationships or whatever there is. But that foundation is as simple as that I look after myself. I actually try to get some sleep. I don't burn the candle anymore, or too much anymore, uh, on both <laughs> ends. I'm still, that's my biggest vice. Um, I love well, work. Well, you don't I love... burn the candle the same you, way you did before. No, correct, correct. So you can well, definitely no, in say the past, that. In the past, that was the candle and there was fire everywhere, okay? So, <laughs> so that, let's be clear about that. So it's like Nowadays, it's only on two ends. On both ends sometimes because we're human, okay? <laughs> well, that's right, that's right. No, Danielle, it is uh, ultimately, today, I'm um, actually, actually living in the present right now i am really truly enjoying talking to you so right now i feel that i feel my my bottom sitting on the chair i've got a glass of coffee here and i love with you so i enjoy this moment in okay. the past i would have already thought oh i must go to work and then later on i must do that i would have not been in the moment i was mm -hmm. either in the future or i was in the past yeah. And neither of that exists, if you think about it. Okay, so it's actually stupid. I was living, I was living imaginary lives, and it that was bullshit. So nowadays, I actually live for the moment. And let's rephrase that. I'm not, I'm not a dreamer and just say, "Hey, peace," and it's all fine. No, 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 no. I you live appreciate right now. the moment. Absolutely, and I cherish it for the privilege and for the gift that this moment is. Right. I get every day in my job as an anesthetist, I get reminded that not all of us will grow old, not all of us will have a body that they can rely on. Uh, there will be shit will hit the fan. There is no doubt about it. There's this you will get depression, you will get some trauma that you didn't see, you will be in financial problems. There is no question about that. That will happen. But nowadays, I don't catastrophize about it but I'm actually putting the foundations in so that I am strong enough to deal with the challenges that life inevitably throws at me. And that makes me no longer a victim. That makes me no longer right. reactive. Makes you a victor, makes... a victorious soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this makes me a man who is able to be there for myself. As such, I, I, I deal very differently nowadays with challenges. <laughs> what was it? Saturday. I was interviewed by another host and we were chatting and I was animated and suddenly my coffee fell out of my hands and poured into my lap. So there was, oh, <laughs> I know, that was all, that was all life and we were there. And <laughs> can you imagine me as a younger man? I would have been petrified. I would have been red and I would have been angry and I would have been, oh my God. And the only thing I could do in that show my 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 host was terrified about what was happening. I just laughed, and we made a big joke out I of it. You Make didn't a learning. Hurt yourself though. No, 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 no. That's okay. lukewarm okay. or cold coffee. Good. That's Good. why we anesthetists <laughs> drink cold coffee. There okay. you go. <laughs> big lesson to learn. Not okay. that we, we like to do to do you know wet shorts contests or something like that. No, no, no. But but it was it was that kind of thing. That yes. is my life now. Oh, I'm no longer being able to laugh at yourself is exactly. Fresh gifts oh not? i remember when i could never do that and now i i get joy yeah. out of it when just cracking i'm like i cannot believe i did that are you freaking serious <laughs> exactly exactly right 
And at, at work, I as much as I hand it out, I get it back. So we have got a very sarcastic uh, teamwork at, at work and it's brilliant. Uh, we're all sort of the same age. We're all sort of the, we all have gone through hell and back. And so that is, oh, we're taking a mick out of each other. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and when, you, when you're on the, on the receiving end, you know, there is not, uh, there is not, oh God, I go, I'm, I'm a failure. They're making jokes of me because after all, I was bullied. So in the past, so this could have, you know, in well, theory. Well, that's a trauma reaction. And you course. dealt with the trauma. And so you don't have the trauma reaction anymore. Exactly. So you did so, the work. And that's something to pause here now to our listeners. If exactly. you want a beautiful life, you need to do the work. Oh, yes. It takes work. You need to oh, peel yes. the layers, do the work, and you can have a beautiful oh, yes. life. Absolutely. Well, your transformation, which is profound, has led you to a mission. What is your mission that you are on? Share your <laughs> mission with our audience. To make this world a little bit better, one interview, one book at a time. For me, I know that the past does not equal the future. I absolutely stand by that. That is my mantra. And I, with every day that I'm on this journey of, of seeking a better me and working on that better me, of, of dreaming who I want to be, mm -hmm. and then turning this dream into a vision by being crystal clear who I want to be, and then turning that into a mission by actually taking active steps towards that direction. That is gold. That is a, a powerful thing. And by doing so, I'm reinventing myself. I get to live a day with new enthusiasm. I live every day with the knowledge that today I'm going to learn something new. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And there will be days when I when I'm actually waking up and I'm gonna feel uh, and you've got this 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 kind of uh, and you're not feeling right and there are days like that and like yesterday that was a day it was a hard day yesterday morning um, but I put I had put my habits into place so I actually focused on those things that I can do something about God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, I courage to change the things I can, yeah. and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. So, yes, I was in a shit foul mood when I arrived at work. And then at work, things happened that I misinterpreted uh, to further bring me into a bad mood. Later on, I had to realize, well, actually, much of that morning was all up to you because you woke up in that stinking mood. You actually heard things that were meant completely different. And, but luckily I didn't respond to it. I didn't actually, the fight that didn't come out, the anger, the resentment, no. Instead, I just focused, okay, hang on, you have to do a job here. And I focused on my job and then I ticked off something else and ticked off something else. So I actually habitually worked on my self-worth until that stinking thinking came down and I actually felt a bit better. Um, and. A lot of coffee helped actually too. So I did all those things that I needed to do. I looked after my basics. I made sure that I actually took deep breaths and changed my state, my physical state mm -hmm. by doing that. I put on a mask, but the, the mask actually helps me to change my state. So I'll do power moves. Good old mm -hmm. Tony Robbins, he's strong on that. Um, these these kind of, of, you know, if you're really down, and you actually stand up, look up into the air, put a big smile on your face. 
<sighs> and now try to be sad. It actually is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to be sad yeah, you when know, you're I taking power moves. I don't really moves. see it as a mask. I see it as a, you're practicing That's what you right. want to become. That's right. It's you're beautiful. You're practicing That's... what you want to become. It's not Perfect. fake. You're practicing it. Yeah. You did the mask before when you were busy hiding and busy hiding. Good. Busy hiding. Love it. You Love were it. practicing what you wanted to become. You were taking ownership of what Absolutely. you wanted to become instead of what you found yourself in. <laughs> Perfect. You, lovely said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we're running because... out of time here. I don't want oh! to not be able to share your book. Please lift up your book, show our audience, tell us about your book and your right. website. Okay. You have your own podcast right. by the uh, same name. Share, share with us your book a little bit. That's right. So this is my steps to sobriety. Um, get sober and stay that way. Um, this is my book where I really share my story and where I give you um, a a rundown uh, with with lots of stories and lots of of, of action plans how I got uh, clean and basically I did that with a twelve step program and it really worked for me. Um, there are many other versions out there that, that can be of help, but hey, if you don't know where to start, it worked really well for right. me. So <laughs> that is in my book. And then uh, it be, uh, after the 12 steps, there are action plans for all those challenges that I mentioned. It's yeah. virtually a given that you will get a, a low mood at some stage. Yeah. Well, what we do you have do bad about days. It? Everyone wakes up and has a bad oh, day. Exactly. And you have to but... own it, what you want to own going forward. Well, exactly. What happens if you if your money runs out? Okay, so okay, let's talk about money actually in that book. Well, let's talk about toxic relationships, either at work or in your private uh, spheres. So now those kind of things. So it's it's a very practical book from that angle. Awesome. And um, now I love it. And my show is uh, Steps to Sobriety on YouTube and as a podcast. And in there, I or on there, I bring on guests that have gone through hell and back, but kept going. So I had, I want to learn from people either why they escaped their reality, they did. So if they were addicts, they, and they used, then let's talk about that. And let's talk about the lessons that they learned. Um, often uh, the, my guests have nothing to do with addiction. Um, I've had concentration camp survivors. I had, um, I had uh, special forces soldiers who were talking about their problems, etc. So I, I bring on people where I think, damn, how did you get through that? And I actually listen to it. I explore with them. So that is that is an hour of therapy I get with every gorgeous uh, person I bring onto my show. So check out my Steps to Sobriety. There's some amazing people I've interviewed and there will there are some amazing people coming up. Um, today, as we speak, uh, I've had a, a Pulitzer Prize nominated author on there, Clint Arthur, um, who is out there. Man, this guy has worked with five different presidents and has got wow. all these pictures with all, you know, the, the, the <laughs> kind of stuff that you think, come on, that must be photoshopped. Nah, nah. Oh, you no, know, you, these kind of things. that you can dive into people's stories by doing podcasts. That's what I love. Gorgeous. And, and getting Isn't to it? meet you. And I got to interview a gentleman. He was uh, one of the casting directors for Shawshank Redemption. That's right. I had him too. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you did exactly. It. Yes, I know. I know. How cool is that? Yeah. But you, you get these beautiful people who are willing to make their mess a message. Yes. And that is that is our message, Danielle, and my message to you guys out there. 
The past does not equal the future. Amen. And whatever has happened in your past, you can turn that around and you can make that your strength. You can make that your driving force Amen. by dealing with it and then saying, okay, I've dealt with all that shit. Is that all now? Or actually, do I want to do I want to go out and tell others about about what happened to me right. and how I now deal with it and maybe be the light in the darkness for someone else? Amen. And who knows? Who knows? You might end up on a show like here or you might write a book or right. God knows. So I, I one more one more little call to action. Jump over to to uh, www.mystepstosobriety.com. And that's your website, that's, right? That's my that website. My next thing, how can people connect? So you just there you right go. There, for me. there you go. <laughs> just jump there because I'm at the moment. I'm looking for co-authors um, who are working with me on two books about depression. One for the girls, one for the boys, uh, where we actually uh, say depression lied to me. And that is the, the title for the, the girls. Uh, boys Don't Cry is the title for the boys. Both are working titles. They might change. But the ultimately, is is I give others the chance to, to open up and actually explore their trauma. Wow. In the moment you put things in writing or put things into words, coming onto a show like here, wow, that's when the floodgates open. You will never be the same again right. because inevitably you will grow. So... Yeah. How beautiful is that? Ah, oh, gorgeous. I mean, Danielle, the, the work that you are doing by bringing uh, a, a platform out there for people to come onto and share their stories, that is so powerful for the people who share it, for the people to listen to it. Yeah. Therefore, uh, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being the person you are, the person who sends out love and who, <laughs> who who is there to give this virtual hug to the the people who need it. So thank yeah. you so much for the work that you are doing. Well, thank you. And thank you for being with us today. I just have enjoyed this immensely and I would like to continue going on, but I know you have a hard stop. And so uh, we will uh, we'll reconvene true. in just a little bit. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Well, there you have it. We, I could go on and on and share so much more about Stephen. He has so much more to share. So hop over to his website, check him out and see, you know, what fits you in your life so that you can be a victorious soul. And so until next time, this is Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com. Love yourself from Survive to Thrive, that lady on the internet who says I love you. Mwah. Says she loved you. <laughs>